Vintage Sand. Hello, Vintage Sand fans. This is Josh Cabot, uh, getting you ready for episode 29, a very special episode for us because it's the first time that Michael and John and I were together in the same room recording this since March 5th, 2020, not that we're counting, so it's a particularly joyous occasion for us and hopefully equally as joyous for you. Before you settle down to listen to our highlights of the Oscars and our look back on 2020, just a quick note, uh, we had some sound issues, but actually it's kind of cool. Uh, it's a little echoey and reverby, but it's clear. Just wanted to apologize. Apologize in advance. So just imagine, if you will, that long after the ceremony has ended and uh, Glenn Close has shaken her eight-time losing butt for the last time in that not-scripted thing, um, that we are uh, sitting in the nation's most beautiful train station. There I said it, the uh, Union Station in Los Angeles. Uh, long after the crowds have left and headed off to all the good parties and we're sitting there in this big empty hall and recording our thoughts because that's what it sounds like. So sit back, enjoy, listen. Thanks for sticking with us. Hope everyone's staying safe and that you'll enjoy Home Movies, the best of 2020, episode 29 of Vintage Sand, the Film History Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. See how happy we sound. Say hi to the nice people, Johnny and Mikey. Hello. Hello, nice people. Now, why do we sound so happy? Mike's never sounded as happy in the entire 28 episodes before this episode 29. Why? Wow. Because it is Team Vintage Sand back in Team Vintage Sand Studios, Sir Le Merd, uh south of uh, 14th Street. Uh, and it's the three of us together in one room for That's the first right. time since I looked it up March 5th, 2020. So, I, as Mel Allen used to say, how about that? How and about it, that? And here we That's are. Right. Yay. So, we, the miracles of modern medicine never cease. And listen, we have to pay pay a small tribute to our friends at Zoom. Uh, for but Although we are very, very glad to be rid of them, at least in this context. Yes. So, I know I am. Yeah, totally. So we are back with Vintage Sand episode 29. 29. The first wow. done live in 14 months. Wow. 29, next, I know. The next episode is a milestone. I know. It's a millstone. It's a millstone. <laughs> it's a millstone. <laughs> Well, for the people listening, anyway. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, All five of them. <laughs> so, and we are going to devote this episode to a combination. We're calling it Home Movies, the best of 2020. And we're going to sort of go through our favorites of the year and our, our pans, too, but also do it sort of in the context of last week's uh, Oscar ceremony, which was refreshingly different. <laughs> Dreary, I think, is a better word for it. Somber. Yeah. <laughs> Somber. You think? <laughs> I, don't I, know. Mean, I mean, I, they they tried. I, I I have to give them, you know, points for that. And given the context of what has gone on this past year, I mean, it was they were trying to do something appropriate. But one big mistake I thought they made was that lighting, that dark uh-huh. lighting. Yeah, Soderbergh. Were, Soderbergh. Yeah. Yeah, Soderbergh. but there were times you couldn't even see the nominees. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly, like... exactly. <laughs> Well, and, you know, I was, there was some things I was, and, you know, we should start at the very beginning, because, of course, the huge controversy about the Oscars was Chadwick Boseman not winning. Uh, I, you know, Wesley Morris, you know, who actually came to visit my my students at uh, Brooklyn Academy of Music once, lovely, lovely guy, African-American Pulitzer Prize winning critic, 
said that he thought that was the right choice. So I'm fascinated. What did you guys think of the choice of Hopkins over uh, Chadwick Boseman? I thought I thought Hopkins was brilliant in the movie. I, I in fact, um, the more I think about it, I, I think it might go down as one of the great performances of all time. How how did I didn't see it? Uh, just it's apples and oranges as far as performance. I was comparing, yes. it, I was comparing it to a more. Yeah, uh, oh, more. Oh, uh, well, it's different, very different from a more. Um, the movie, for me, it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, three years ago, I saw the play. That's right, it is based on a play. It's based on a play by uh, the director of the, the um, Florian Zeller. And when I saw the play, I saw the very first preview, it was a freebie. I knew nothing about it, and 45 minutes into it, I had no idea what was going on. It wow. took me a while to realize. And then when it was over, and Franklin Jello was in the play, gave a good performance, he won the Tony Award. But I thought the play was very pretentious. And I came out of there thinking, oh, really? And then I saw another play that Zeller did off-Broadway called The Mother. And um, the, it was at the Atlantic Theater, uh, and the only reason I went to see that was because Isabelle Huppert yeah. was in it, and I uh, would see her read the shipping news. As know? well, yes, absolutely, <laughs> as well you should. And that play I thought was a little better, because it, it was about a woman having, basically having a breakdown. It wasn't about Alzheimer's. And you didn't really know that she had a breakdown until the middle of it. But when I heard that um, Zeller was directing the movie of this, and it was his first movie, my first thought was, I am not going to see this. And then I started reading the reviews, and the DVD was sent to me for the SAG nominations. And I, I put it in, and I was pleasantly surprised at how good a movie it is. I think you can almost, you can almost call it a thriller, a psychological thriller. The way it's yeah, the way it's done. She did yeah. use that sort of kind of tropes uh, cinematically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way, yes, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and and um, I think eventually, Josh, you should see it. Well, I will, but uh, you know, and, yeah. but as we said before, from everything I've heard, that if Chadwick Boseman hadn't you know tragically passed away, it wouldn't even been a question that Hopkins would definitely have gotten the the award. And you know, people said, oh, why wasn't Hopkins there? Blah blah, because they didn't do anybody on Zoom. They made yeah, that rule and, because and, the other award shows were so. Yeah. And he and Hopkins is how old now? Eighty three. He's yeah, the he's oldest. Eighty three, and he would have been. He's was in London, wasn't he? So he was Wales. Six, he was on oh, his farm oh, in Wales. So it was like five or six hour time difference. Yeah, it would have been uh, six in the morning. Uh, no, he offered. Uh, no, it would have been like four or five in the morning. Yeah. So. <laughs> and uh, he offered to do it on Zoom. And the, oh, they, and the Academy yeah, I know. Said they no. had a rule about no Zoom. They had the rule, which, which made fine. sense if you saw how bad the other award shows yeah. Yeah. were that used yes. Zoom. So, yeah. except Jodie Foster in her pajamas accepting the Golden Globe from uh, <laughs> that Mauritania, that was that was pretty freaking awesome. But um, that was fun. Yeah. yeah so, and the dog, I like the dog. And pe- and people were flipping out because clearly, you no, know, they put Best Actor last in the last in the assumption that Bozeman would win. Right. But Best Picture hasn't always been last. I think so. The only time I remember. Jack Chaplin. Was when uh, Chaplin yeah. got an honorary Oscar, but you knew that was going to happen. Right. <laughs> Chaplin was there. Uh, but yeah, that's I thought the that was a big mistake. Huge mistake. Not, not See, doing Best Picture. If Hopkins last. had any sense, he should have sent Sasheen Littlefeather up to get the award. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe an obscure reference. Go look it up, Sashi Littlefeather. She did a great job accepting the Oscar in the That's honor right. of our indigenous First Nations yes. people. You could have made her so, an offer she couldn't refuse. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. I was not, and you know, I can I can live with I can live with that one. I uh, I mean, God, the last film I saw in the theater was the last new film I saw was. Uh, Parasite for the second time. I wow. saw it in December 19, mm. and that was it. You know, that's the last one I saw. The only, the only film, the time I've been to the movie since then was I went with my daughter to Alamo Draft House to see um, the viciously underrated Andy Samberg um, uh, uh, pop star. Yeah. Oh, ne- pop star. Oh. Yeah, never stop. Because I'm going to talk about one of his movies, which I think yes. is one of the best of the Thank year. you, Palm Springs. Oh, my God. Good. Absolutely. It's and she should have been nominated. Both of them. I love that movie. Yep. I, I, I can't, well, we'll talk about no, that No, I later. totally agree. But, I mean, let's so let's get to the big one. Uh, I mean, I am amazed after the horror show that was Green Book that... Uh, that I think they got it right. I mean, I really liked Minari, but I I like Minari a lot, too. That's one of my favorite movies that I've seen this past year. I probably would have voted for Minari, but it would have been close. But but we've seen Minari, maybe not through the lens of the Korean experience, Mm -hmm. but we've seen other films like Minari. Yeah, I know what you mean. I have never seen anything like Nomadland. Yeah, it's... I thought at times where you had those moments that were on documentary-like... Sort of took me out a little bit because you weren't seeing actors; you were seeing non-actors for the most um, part. But I, I but I really did like how the director was trying to to weave in that they're all grieving in some way, in some aspect. They had lost something. It wasn't always like the loss of a loved one. Sometimes, I mean, in some places, it was loss of their way of life, uh, that sort of thing. And and she definitely had something else going on with her besides just losing her husband and that job there was there was because you learn about the the relationship between her sister sister, what she brings up about how she just left and there was so you were like what is it that's driving her to just never really completely settle down yeah and you know it's uh, my favorite line in the whole film is in the beginning when little girl says are you homeless she says no I'm houseless there's a difference don't you think yeah and twice with the sister and then with David Strait she's got a chance to settle down and she makes the The decision oh this is such a depressing film I didn't find it depressing at all I didn't either part of the reason at that point she doesn't is because she's still grieving over the loss of her husband I mean, she's going, she's going through a lot. She, yeah. couldn't, she could not have settled down with David Strathairn. Um, but also, how you learned that she's this very well-educated woman. She's, she's a teacher. She's quoting Shakespearean sonnets. Yeah. She's reciting Shakespeare. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, and she's, I mean, she's an accomplished teacher. So also you're like, well, why, why did she make these choices? But I love the fact that this community, most of whom, as you guys said, played themselves, yeah, including yes. the leader of the community who yeah. had lost his son. Yeah. You know, I love the opening of his speech where he says, I don't see, I don't understand how I can be alive on this earth and my son is not. Mm, and that whole yeah, speech yes. was, and, and at yeah. the end of the speech is the tagline that's going to stay with the movie forever, which is, you know, that's why we never say goodbye to each other. We say, see you down the road. And I, I yeah. the, and this community looks after each other, and they take care of each other, and they're better to each other than most people who call themselves neighbors. Right. True. Are. True. And yeah. I, I, True. And I, I, I felt just, when watching it, I was learning about a way of life that I knew nothing about. Oh yeah, and that, that, that I appreciate. That is like really the major thing yeah. about the movie. I mean, yeah. it's it's if it had won best documentary, I wouldn't have. Uh, well, and you know, I wouldn't have complained you because. Know, 
I just felt I really learned something yep, and that I know, wanded to know. Who I'm going to mention here, of course, is it remind me of Deborah Granick's work because you know, yes, with, yes. with yeah. Winter's Bone in yeah. uh, in the Ozarks and with uh, Leave No Trace up in the Pacific Northwest, oh, you get I this love Leave No Trace. I think Leave, Leave No Trace is a great movie. It has not, not gotten the attention it deserves. It will. You, you, you get this anthropological sense, Michael. Yes, like you yeah. are, mm-hmm. and yet it feels so human, and so something like that could easily slip into being condescending and patronizing, which like Beasts of the Southern Wild, which is also kind of anthropological, does once in a while, though I still love that film. But um, yeah, I I, it, I absolutely loved it. They got it right. They got that right, and director, and by the way, Vintage Sand fans, if you haven't seen her other two films, both of which are available, um, I think, on Amazon, uh, The Rider and Songs My Brother Taught Me, both set in the Pine Ridge uh, Reservation, both lovely, and here's a segue for you guys, because I know you want to swing the bat into this one. The biggest disappointment for me of the night was uh, Nomadland losing cinematography. Yeah, I was mank. Ugh, go. Well, okay, I, 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 I well, I have so many issues with Mank. Lay it down, brother, lay it down. First of all, my question is, who is this movie for? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, a, a few months before Mank came out, I, I read a, a biography on Herman and Joseph Mankiewicz um, called The Brother Mankiewicz, Hope, Heartbreak, and Hollywood Classics by Sidney... Leadership Stern. And here's the thing. When I'm watching Mank, I'm thinking, I don't remember this. I don't remember this. Herman Mankiewicz had nothing to do with the Upton Sinclair um, gubernatorial election of 1934. Wasn't he sort of pulled in at the end? Nothing. Nothing. Hmm. Nothing. That's very strange. It's only... I, I, looked, I went back to the book. I'm thinking... Oh, well, I'm getting older. I'm just forgetting things. <laughs> you know, I, I'm obviously forgotten this book that I read only six months ago. We got COVID brain fog. And uh, uh, Upton Sinclair is mentioned in the, uh, in the contents three times in the whole book. And one of them is the do, has to do with Joseph writing radio commercials against Upton Sinclair. I mean, Joseph Mankiewicz was working for the studios during the uh, 30s. He wasn't this uh, left winger. No, that no, everybody he was thought he was. And um, it's an old-fashioned New York, uh, New Yorker alcoholic. Yeah, I mean, like every yeah. <laughs> like right. actor MacArthur and all those the, guys. The main problem with the movie really was that meandering screenplay. Oh, it just kind of never really focused on anything, and I really don't understand why the screenwriter decided to make up all this crap. Yeah, well, when, when is, the when the real story. It's so interesting. Yeah. Well, this is David Fincher's late father. Yeah. It was I, written, yeah. I think he died about eight years ago. It was written like 12. It, yeah, no, four or something, something like that. Something like yeah, that, yeah. like 16 years ago. But it, so much of that was made up, according to this biography, which is a pretty scholarly biography. Well, I, I had looked up something about fact-checking the movie, and a significant part of the movie is, is made up. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> even Ben Mankiewicz admits to that. Yeah. Uh, his grandson. But you might as well have a movie called Herman Mankiewicz Vampire Hunters. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> see, why not? Ben it, worked, so it worked for Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> which, that, if you haven't seen, is worth a look because it is kind of fun. I'm a vampire. I got nothing but time. <laughs> I, I just, I would, I have, I have never been so disappointed in a movie. 
as as I was with Yeah, Matt. I was really looking forward to seeing that because of what it's about, because the, the backstory of Citizen Kane is fascinating. Right. Yeah. And you will notice, too, even though it did win 10 Oscar nominations, one of them was not for the screenplay. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 Fincher has become, you know, since Social Network, and I would argue even before that, he's become a really, really competent but kind of anonymous mm-hmm. director. Yeah. You, you know, whereas yeah. if you think about his 90s work and Fight Club and Seven in the game, you know, there were markedly identifiable Fincher things. And I'm not saying you always have to make David Fincher films. No. But, I mean, Chris Nolan yeah. does that, and we got yeah. Tenet, you know, which... Which I missed. Everyone missed Tenet. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, one special event, but... I, I don't think the direction. I certainly don't think the cinematography. Lovely black and white yeah. cinematography, but but I was yeah, shocked. But it was that never really expressing what supposedly was the subtext of the movie, and that's partly because the movie was not very well written. So there wasn't that no. much subtext. No. <laughs> right, and, and and you think of those shots and the, those golden hour shots of the of the yeah cliffs yeah. and the mountains in yeah. Uh, no, I was shocked that it lost. Yeah. I, I can't understand why that yeah. happened. I mean, I assume, and, and with No Man Land, it wasn't just pretty pictures. Those were, the, the images were expressing what she was going through. Absolutely, I mean, it's because it's partly because it's partly like she's searching for something, and there are those moments where she's gazing at the different landscapes, and it makes her feel good. That's I mean, partly why she's doing what she's doing. And to me, it's it's as beautiful as Days of Heaven in using that yeah. kind of lighting. Mm, yeah. You know, everyone raves yeah. about it. justifiably. Yeah. Days yeah. of Heaven is a Horrible film to listen to, but a beautiful film this, to look at. This, this is the only one of the eight films that I will probably try to see at a theater. Yeah, me too. Well, uh, Frances told us to in her speech. Yes, she yes. did. Yes, yes, which I agree. And uh, one of my little pet peeves, too, about Mank, and I, I think that might have been the worst category of the Oscars, was Best Score. Why was that movie nominated for best score? The score is terrible. It's got you've got this like jazz, this generic jazzy no. big band music that had no connection to the movie. I, <laughs> I think uh, the Academy went uh, correctly with uh, giving it to Soul. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, but Which I, I loved. I did too. I did not like it as much. I loved the look of it. I didn't love the story quite as much really? as, as say as I did say Coco or Inside mm-hmm. Out, which are both mm-hmm. flat out masterpieces. Mm-hmm. But it's so you know what Soul did. The what got the moment I'll always remember about Soul is when he walks down into the train station and the musicians playing there, and yeah. I the detail yeah. of New York is yeah. so beautiful. And I literally said to myself, right, that's why I love living here. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they totally captured that. And the sign yeah. guy on 14th Street. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where we live. I love Soul. I just can't imagine a kid enjoying it. Well, I, or you know, even talked, a teenager. I have talked to a few people, and uh, one in particular said that her two young children watched it, and they loved it. Interesting. And her daughter is... I guess kids are getting, I, growing up are yeah, and her faster. Daughter is, I mean, like is asking questions uh, to her about, like, you know, the hereafter and everything. I thought, well, you've got to see the movie so you can answer those questions a little bit better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I didn't see Wolfwalkers. I didn't so see any I of the... Haven't, either hasn't been easy to see. I, mean, I hadn't seen any of the other nominees. Well, but I, I saw, see, you didn't except, see Sean the Sheep? Except for Sean yes, the Sheep. <laughs> I never miss an Aardman. Yes, I mean, me. and so I'm so biased in favor of those, but Soul was, me a, much, too. was a better movie. Yes, it well, was. Well, if you remember back in our Oscars of the 2000s, you gave the best picture 2005 to Wallace and Gromit. Yes, yep. I, I Curse think of the Wallace, Were-Rabbits. Wallace and Gromit is, I mean, Curse of the Were-Rabbit is genius. Brilliant. Ooh, cheesy bits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the crackers. Wensley Dad. Has anyone seen the uh, animated film that won 
uh, best short no, animated. I didn't see any of the shorts this It's week. on Netflix. After watching, I, I last Saturday afternoon, I was determined to watch as many of the nominees as I could, and I watched um, the uh, foreign film um, Corvatus Aida, mm. which is about the uh, 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 war in 95. The, um, Bosnia? Bosnia, yeah. yeah, which is a real downer. And then I watched this uh, nine-minute um, animated thing called, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, uh, if you... If anything happens to me, remember That's that I love That's the one that won, you. right? And that is the one that won. And after finishing it, I sat and cried in my bedroom for about 10 minutes. My wife saw it, too. She said the exact I same thing. I just was like. weeping between that movie, and, and I was just, like, overcome. And, and I'm not saying it was a bad movie. I, I was sort of glad it won because I liked its message, but oh, my God. Mm. It, it, oh. So I, I mean mm-hmm. I uh, I ca- I cannot understand that Mank is Mank is a film that well, no one is going to remember in ten years. Yeah, months. well I have to say that actually I mean it wasn't the greatest year for movies. No, um, I, I mean there were good there were good movies, but not really a a, a, a really like. Really, really great year. And well, and because and I would say that like No Man Land and Minari is sort of the upper tier, and yes. the rest of them are. Good, okay. I mean, Mank shouldn't even be a, should be nominated. I, uh-huh. I agree with that. And my only, I, I mean, I don't disagree with Best Supporting Actress. She was wonderful. Oh she God, oh, she yeah. was great. Oh, but, she was she was great. But the, and as the, as the silent film aficionado here, I was the only thing I did love about Mank was Amanda Seyfried. She was very, she very was really good. Was wonderful. Yeah. And everyone forgets because as time goes on, everyone no, I, no, assumes Mank is very well acted. No, yeah. and, but everyone part. assumes that Marion Davies, her mistress, was Susie Kane. And she did, did, could not be further from the truth. She yeah. was a brilliant actress yeah. in the silent And that's era. too bad yeah. that, because uh, I remember as a college student, uh, there was this, in Minneapolis, there was this show on every Friday night where they show really old movies. And one night it was Marion Davies. And I go, I don't want to watch this because I figured right, it was. Be Susie King. And I watched Charlie. it, and I can't remember the name of it, but I thought. She's pretty good. She's really she's funny. And she's funny and she's smart just the way Seyfried portrays her. Yeah. And yeah, although Seyfried, uh, uh, Marion Davies and Herman Mankiewicz weren't buddies the way the film Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we know, we've already well, known that it well, doesn't yeah. win on the truth on yeah. her. So. I mean, he was fond of her, but he met her through Charles Letterer. Who uh, got him into the St. Simeon parties. The funny thing is that usually you make up things in a movie that veer from the truth to make it a better movie. This made it a worse (laughs) movie. (laughs) Well, listen, and I have to say, the other thing that I will take away from it, I did Gary Oldman's, you know, Tour de Force, the Don Quixote speech at the end where, you know, where he, Mm -hmm. you know, finally trashes them and and walks out. I mean, yeah, but it's Gary Oldman, so it's always worth it. Yeah, he was was excellent in it. But yeah, I don't I don't get the big deal. My favorite award of the night, and I would have been happy if the song from One Night in Miami won that would have been fine, but I am an insane fan of her, H E R her, uh, who is Imagine If Prince Were a Woman. Uh, oh, and oh, yeah. That's and she did the song "Fight," you know, for from Judas and the Black Messiah. And she is—I don't know if you guys watched the Super Bowl. She did "America the Beautiful." Yeah. Uh, at the and she's just ridiculously talented. And I was so glad that she won. But um, speaking of the Jets, they have a new quarterback. Oh, please don't start again. <laughs> again, they have a new quarterback. And pretty, John, pretty, 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 pretty soon, every year there's going to be a lottery to see who the Jets' quarterback is. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna risk. <laughs> Josh is crying right now. I'm gonna. 
risk having our listeners never listen to us again because you're going to question my judgment. I've been, we've been Jet Seasons ticket holders. My parents got them the year before I was born. So we've had, this will be our 57th year with wow. that team. So wow. it's a rebuilding half century. I'm, but I'm very optimistic. <laughs> I had the misfortune as a, as a teenager of seeing a Jets game at Chase Stadium. That was not fun. I love that because I was oh, a little Jets. kid. And I went I, with my dad. I had and been I to Jets Stadium a few times. I went one time on a freezing, freezing yep. cold day. Yep, yep. With that wind swirling around in circles, and it was a friend of uh, his family too. They were big Jets fan. They had season tickets. I was always a Giants fan from the time I was a little kid. But I couldn't say no to going to see a pro football game. And he knew that, that I was a big Giants fan. But it was really funny because um, it was, they were playing Dallas, at that, and at the time Dallas was, was really, really good. Right. It was halftime, and I mean, we were freezing. Freezing, because I think it was like 10 degrees, the wind was blowing. <laughs> I didn't complain at all, but halftime comes and he turns to me and he goes, you want to go? <laughs> I said, yeah. So we left and we went home and we watched the rest of the game in a bar. I just remember I couldn't see it. Where I was sitting, I couldn't see a if thing. If you guys watch our highlights watchers, go on uh, YouTube and the game there, O.J. Simpson broke not only Jim Brown's yeah. single season record, but also broke 2,000 yards in a 14-game season, mind you. Let's put yes. aside who he is yes. as a human being. But if you look at the highlights of that game, it was a blizzard. And I was there That's and right. I was eight because it was also Weeb Eubank, the coach who had coached him to the Super Bowl. It was his last game. So we went, and I have never... My dad... It's the first time I ever had alcohol in my life. My dad had some coffee laced with something, and he was like, here, son, try some of this. <laughs> that was you, huh? Set me on my road to ruin, stunted my growth and all that. So, yes. But we, See, you get a little bit of everything from Vintage Sam. Exactly. We happily digress. It's so nice to digress with you guys live again. Oh, yeah, my God. please, yes. So, other things that I was pleased about. Like we were talking about Judas and the Black. I want to, since you, oh, mentioned, no, no, no. Since you mentioned supporting actress, and I, I loved... Yoon, uh, Yoon Yoo Joy, however you say her name, because they Wonderful. keep they keep reversing yeah. her name around. Nobody seems to know what the right way is to say her name, and she even brought that up. <laughs> she her acceptance speech was the highlight of the show. Look, it's Brad Pitt. But, yeah, but no, I'd I forgotten that Brad Pitt's one of the producers. <laughs> I totally forgot. Yeah, she's like, wow, and she never met him. him. Yeah. But really, really, she was not nominated, and that was Han Yu Ri who played the mother in Minari, and yeah. I she was. I thought she I thought was she wonderful. was very good too. Well, I was. Yeah. Acting. All the acting was good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And no. the two kids were excellent. Yeah. No, that I, John, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's Nomadland and slightly behind it, Minari are the ones that are really going to be remembered from this yeah. year. Everything yeah. else, it's a toss-up. I have yeah. to say, well, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah was good. That's, uh, well, that's wait, hold and on. And it's funny because that's I, when I after I watched it, I thought, you know, it might have been better to do this as a short miniseries. Because there are some things so they, that seemed, much there. There was so yeah. much more there that they were just because of time constraints with the movie that they it seemed a little packed. You weren't really able to go into. Uh, you wanted to know more about the two of them. Although the fact that the movie even got made, right? This is, is, and is, true. I love the, this is true. I love the. I love Daniel Kaluuya. I loved him in Get Out. I loved yep. him in yeah. Black Panther. I've loved him in everything I've seen yeah. him in. But you know, everyone forgets that Fred Hampton was 21 when he was killed. Exactly. Yes, they were yes. both. They're both, they're both very actors. Young. Are too. We're too old for. But you know, I'm willing to listen as long as that gets the name Fred Hampton yeah. in people's mouths. Yes. 
yeah. then it was yeah. a, a worthwhile yeah. thing. And God, I've said this before, whatever you do, even whether you've seen Judas and the Black Messiah or not, you have to track down the documentary from 71, which is available in full, free, on YouTube, The oh, Murder yeah? of Fred Hampton. Okay. I yeah, will. That's well, where also, I first heard well, about also it. Also, at the end of it, they they bring it because actually the most powerful part of the movie is the ending. Yeah. And they have the they had the reference the captions and the reference to Eyes and the Prize on PBS and those yep. that short snippet of the interview. It's just because if you haven't seen Eyes and the Prize, it was a, a, a an amazing yep. amazing series that PBS did. Yeah. Um, but one thing it sort of suggests was that. He watched that and then immediately killed himself. And the weird way that he did kill himself was to run into traffic. Hmm. And he was, it was not the first time he tried to do it. He did it once before, but he wasn't killed, and he was in the hospital for quite a while. He was very seriously injured. But I was so thrilled that Lakeith Stanfield got nominated because... Although, you know, yeah, because, I, mean, I would have probably put him in the best... I was going to say, say he the really same thing. He was the lead. Yeah. Really yeah, I was going to say the same thing. He never would have won, though, because of the part that he plays. Yeah, right. true. No, but he... You know, I loved him in Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. That was a brilliant yeah. performance. Yeah. I especially love him in Atlanta, Donald Glover series. I have not watched that yet. Wonderful, I, I, brilliant, <laughs> surreal, bizarre. I've heard so many good things about great, that. Great, and so I'm glad he got... And I was also let's let's um, switch films. I'm so glad that he didn't win the acting awards, but that uh, Sound of Metal got some love. And I was so glad that Paul Racy got nominated for supporting. I, I wasn't yeah, as big I, a fan. I, I, I agree. I agree. I, you liked it a lot. I I thought it was well acted. Um, everybody was good in it. The two the two leads were very good. I mean, he was the the other actor was nominated for best supporting actor. Paul Racy. Paul Racy. Racy that's yeah. what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Riz Ahmed um, was amazing. Yeah, but he um, was. I just thought it. I just thought the story became sort of predictable. I was like, yeah, he's gonna at some point he's gonna take off those things because he can't stand the noise and he's gonna have an epiphany and he's probably gonna go back. Well, he didn't show that part where he goes back, but that's probably what he's gonna do. See, and I I'm one of those strange people, and a friend of mine talked about. You know, the whole political thing about the deaf not wanting, you know, against this implants, hearing. Yeah. Implants, yeah. But I can understand why that character would want the implants. Oh, of course he would. Because music was his life. He had just lost his hearing. And I, I, I felt... No, I didn't, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong at all with him wanting And I felt the, the film was a tiny bit preachy on, on, the, on the side of the never get the implants. And it... it Bothered me a little bit. Well, I, you know, I, I am married to a literally a nationally known disability rights activist, so I trust her instincts on these things. Yeah, and well, she, no, I know. No, and she thought it was a very sensitive and accurate portrayal. I'm, I of, think it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, those were the be- the parts were at that so-called camp, whatever you want to call it, were the best parts of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of which, and that- I, and I, you know, I went to school with the National Institute for the Deaf. So really? I am familiar so with, you know. with that whole that whole lifestyle. Culture. It, it's, it's, culture. it's fascinating, and he's so good. Um, I was a little annoyed. I, I love the Octopus movie. You mentioned <laughs> Camp. But Crip Camp should have won Best Documentary. And I thought Collective should have. Did you, uh, did you see Time? I haven't seen Time. Time was interesting. I hear really, it's quite really good. good. But not... And I was amazed that Boys State didn't get nominated. It didn't. Oh, oh no. my god! It wasn't. Uh, it, I think it was on the short list. It's really. Yeah. It, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. And but it's like I, a whole... 
I did not care for my octopus. It was, you know. So octopuses are smart. That's our takeaway. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So I'll never eat, uh, you know, the, calamari the, the, again. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one here of Italian heritage, and I don't like calamari. So there you go. I, 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 I was just—I was glad that Crip Camp got nominated, but you know, the, I liked Crip Camp. I really recommend that to everyone out there because that footage—that that footage exists in, from the '70s, and that someone found it, and it's just—it's ridiculous. Did you see the other film, um, the one about the uh, guy going into the nursing home, the Chilean? No, it's not bad. Boy, it's tons of happy movies. Yeah, I know. Well, that's yeah, that is that is a big overriding thing. The, this well, past year of movies is boy, oh boy, oh boy. And of course, the, did, the best uh, year for downer. teachers was the best uh, film for teachers was another round. I love oh, God. No, that's oh, my, another round. That's my favorite movie uh, uh, of anything that got nominated was a, another round. More I, than Nomadland. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I loved it's it. The only I, movie, I liked Another Round more than Nomadland, too. It's mm. the only movie that, for just a casual person, I've been recommending. I have not recommended any of the eight films nominated because I'm not sure you know, how much they will like it or enjoy it. Because, to a degree, they're all a bit of, bit of downers. Especially Promising Young Woman, which I have some issues well, with. I have some issues we with Promising Young Woman. But yeah, yeah. Uh, another round, I was so happy um, that uh, Thomas Vintenberg got nominated for director. And uh, I've always liked him ever since Celebration. Celebration, which is, which is if an you amazing seen that, guys, movie. The, the purest yeah. Dogma 95 film and just brilliant. And he yeah. did a wonderful, wonderful remake of... Uh, uh, far from the matting crowd oh, with Carrie Mulligan, much much better than the John Schlesinger Julie Christie version. Can you imagine me saying that? I know. So wait, <laughs> but you like Ju- Carrie Ju- Mulligan better than Julie Christie? I liked that movie better. Yeah, uh, COVID you, brain. Have you ever seen <laughs> Vintage Stand listeners? Mark this down in Wait, your calendar. Have this you is a, this ever is a milestone? Have you ever seen a day that would live in infamy? Have you ever seen the uh, first Far from the Matting Crowd? No. Uh, well, uh, if you ever have trouble sleeping, get it. Get it. Uh, it, it is so dull. <laughs> it really. It, it it'll knock you out. Well, when I'm, I saw it as, as a twelve year old, it knocked me out. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I you know, if in, in an alternate universe, I mean, Vinterberg is a great director. I love him. How in God's name did Spike Lee not get nominated for Five Bloods? And how did Delroy Lindo uh, well, not get nominated? I, no, I was gonna. I was not crazy about the Five Bloods. I thought I thought it had problems, but Delroy. Lindo I thought oh, Delroy Lindo was quite good. He was. He was great. Yeah. Honestly, I thought he was better than Chadwick Boseman, and I can't say because I haven't seen the Hopkins performance. But that was the best performance I saw. Last year. Oh yeah, he got the New York Film Critics. Anyway, Award. a character we've never seen. We've never really seen anything yeah, about the was, black uh, Vietnam it was, experience. It was, it's mm-hmm. true. There was a character that you're not used to seeing, and he's movies. a Trump Republican. So I yeah, mean, I, I know, I know, that. I know. He kept like disappointing you in a way. <laughs> I thought it was, uh, and I, you find yeah, and you had that little scene too. Where you see that he's he's racist. <laughs> I thought it was ironic. The first time I tried to watch it, I watched about a half hour of it. I couldn't stand the score, and that was its only nomination. And yes, and, uh, yeah, I know. I, 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 that was a terrible score. understand. Just don't understand. That was actually probably the weakest category of the entire Oscars was best score. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was great. I mean, so it was fine. There was nothing, you know. I'm glad it won. I'm glad John Baptiste won. I'm, that was I'm a nice a speech his, he gave. But, yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say that uh, That to me, that's the biggest omission. But let's figure finish with the ones that were that. I, 
I have some really wildly mixed feelings about Promising Young. So do I. So do I. Um, I thought this is my general feeling. I think there's talent to admire in the movie. Oh, Emerald Fennell's going to be somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, she is already. But I thought that, um, I thought the main problem with the movie is that, and she, I know that she purposely wanted to do this, the whole changing of genres to sort of upset your expectations. But if you're going to try to do a so-called black comedy, you have to remain committed to doing a black comedy. Otherwise, you start going back the other way. It's just... It just does not work. You can't you can't go black comedy and then go to straight drama. You had that scene where she goes to see her friend's mother that right. was completely straight drama. It's like it's a different movie all of a sudden. Well And then and then it shifted over to sort of like almost like a romantic comedy at times too. It just kept shifting genres in a way that just didn't work that that someone we did talked about before did effortlessly. Right. Bong Joon-ho was the only one who could shift tones. Yeah, right. and that's yeah. a movie that I kept wanting to be better because of the issue that it's about. I when I saw it I was expecting a black comedy. I gotta be blunt. I never laughed once in that movie. No. Never no, even no, smiled. There was, there was I thought it was yeah. a downer of a film. And I thought the ending was an entirely downer. And yet I've been told from two uh, women friends, they said the reason I found a, it was a downer was because I was a male. Yep. So uh, no, maybe and, that's it. And they went with the original Fatal Attraction ending. Spoiler alert, in case you haven't seen it yeah, yet. You yeah, know, so yeah. she 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 lets herself die, as it were, so that the people who hurt her friend can be implicated. Well, and was that really what her intention was? We don't know. I, I think I, so. I'm not sure because you also had that the little moment where she takes the license plates off of the car and throws them into the woods, which made me think that she was planning on getting away somehow. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I know they kept throwing out like those things like that. The way the writing was, and also we were supposed to believe that there was this video that was taken that's years old that a lot of people saw and nobody ever said anything. Well, and also the way it's introduced. Although my friends told me that it was that that when she first sets up the woman, who I forget who plays the other woman, Alison Brie. Right, it's Alison Brie, and it makes it look like she, you know, that she was sexually attacked in the hotel, but it turns out she really wasn't. She just wanted to teach her a lesson. Yeah. And then halfway through the movie, and after she's met Bo Burnham and she's starting yeah. to date him and starting to yeah. open up to him, and then all of a sudden Alison Brie says, oh yeah, I just remembered something. Yeah, I, I have yeah. this videotape. Yeah. No, but people, everyone <laughs> I spoke to... And of course, to, and as soon as you saw that... Who did you think happened to be Beek show up on that video? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, but everyone I spoke to said that that was done, that she she had always remembered the video. She just didn't want to tell her about it the first time they met and that she was withholding that information. Mm, it's uh, possible. possible. I will say. Uh, I and thought, I didn't like the scene where she went to go back to see the dean because, I mean. Well, was, how, did, I, how did she know about the kid? It's like, it just, it just didn't. She did her it research. It just, because mm. I think, because I was like. What did you want the dean to do if she didn't? She 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 said I didn't have the evidence or whatever. It's she like, wanted her to feel what it yeah, felt like. Yeah, just like you know, you're gonna go around the rest of like teaching everybody a lesson instead of you know the real way to teach a lesson was to go back to school and get your medical degree and maybe be an activist. I mean, and some some of the acting was good. I, I thought, voted oh, yeah. for I, I thought well, Carrie yeah. Mulligan was superb, was and I really, I yeah. actually I voted for her in the yeah. SAG Awards over. Yeah. No, she was Dorman. she was great. And I actually liked Laverne Cox, you know, from... Oh, I always like her. Uh, in, the, in the coffee shop. I, lo- yeah. I always uh, like Laverne Cox. Lovely. And Bo Burnham was very good, yes, too. Yes, he is. The, this is the first time I've seen him act. Yeah, the apparently nice surgeon. He's the uh, guy who yeah. wrote... Um, uh, eighth, grade. 16, eighth grade, yes. Yep. 
Yep. No, yeah. I. And did you guys see Pieces of a Woman? Oh yeah. I haven't seen that. Oh boy. Well, and again, a brilliant performance. <laughs> and the first half hour, I loved. It was so intense. Unbearably it is intense. intense. And having been through something like that myself, thank God everyone survived, but um, it was really hard for me to watch. I'm but it sure. was one of the worst scripts uh, I've ever... The image that he's building, he's building, helping build the bridge, and every time we see the bridge getting closer and closer together, get it? It's a <laughs> metaphor, John. I know. I'm an English teacher. I'm allowed to identify metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Good Lord. I know a lot of people really like him. But I'm not a fan of Mr. Shy, Shy, Shy LaBeouf. Oh, God, he's terrible. I think he Why was, would I, you pick him? I did like Ellen Burstyn, and I was a little well, surprised she didn't get a Ellen nomination. Ellen Burstyn. I mean, how do you not like... Um, By the way, that makes me uh, ask, Mike, you would know. Um, is Hopkins's two wins the biggest uh, separation? No, I think Catherine Hepburn. Hepburn, I was yeah, going to say. Right? And possibly Helen Hayes. Right, because she won for yeah. Airport. Yeah. Right, so that was almost 40 years. Yeah. Because yeah, she won for Madeline Claudet in, yeah, uh, like, 32, 31. And then Airport was 70. Right, yeah. very good. So. Yep. so you come to the right place, uh, people. I know. <laughs> I have a lot, lot of useless information. We have no friends, but we know these things, so we can get to sleep at um, night. Anyway. But no, I, I was not a fan of uh, pieces <laughs> of a woman, although I did think that uh, Vanessa Kirby was quite good. And Wonderful. I thought it was a deserved nomination. The one acting nomination that I was that I did not really like, and I it was one of the worst movies. It was the worst movie to be get, be get a single nomination. Was Glenn Close's nomination oh for that awful, <clears throat> horrible <throat> hillbilly elegy? I mean. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, at least now she's lost as many as Peter O'Toole, so that's right. some satisfaction. Yeah, but, and I mean, and she was okay. She was fine. She didn't have much of a role in it, but she was fine. But why nominate her for that, just that terrible? And I I didn't oh, like she, it, and I couldn't stand Amy Adams in it. Oh, but she was She so, was a SAG nominee. But Glenn Close was so good at the uh, awards doing the butt, right? Uh, yeah, that was totally unscripted. Yeah, right. <laughs> good God. I mean... But that that movie, I mean, it's it's Ron Howard's worst movie, and that's saying that's something. saying something. That's an achievement. Oh. That's, that's a high bar, man. <laughs> um. All right, so then let's talk a little bit about disappointments, about what was ignored, and films from 2020 that uh, that people should definitely go see. I've got three. Mike, of them. He's got three. Start off, Mike. Three of them in order of which I saw them. On the rocks. Did not oh, yeah, you remember you told from, me about from, that. It's on Apple TV. I got it. I don't have that. Yeah, I don't either. But I got a freebie because of SAG was pushing it, or uh, they were pushing it for SAG nominees. Uh, and it's really quite good. It's Sofia Coppola. Hmm. And it's With Bill a, Murray, right? Bill Murray yeah. and Rashida Jones and oh, Marlon Wayans. And it's a kind of a dramedy, more on the comedy, about... Uh, Rashida Jones thinking that her husband is um, unfaithful, is having an affair, and how and she go, tries to go set about going to prove it with her rather bizarre father, uh, played by Bill Murray, who's wonderful in As it. As always, and um, it's a love letter to New York, uh, and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and I don't know why 
it uh, was totally forgotten. I, 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 I kind of blame well, Apple TV. This year's Oscars are because it wasn't enough of a downer, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, all three of my films are um, comedy dramas. Uh, the second one is the forty-year-old version. Thank you. Which I oh, absolutely love. How did love. that get not get nominated for screenplay? I that don't was know. The most original screenplay. I I've don't know. Yeah. I love Rada Blank. She's amazing. I didn't I, know her I, before. I didn't this. either. It did get the New York Critics Award, Film Critics Award for Best First Feature, and it deserves it. It's. It's so damn original. And a perspective we have never seen in film. I know. I've never seen that perspective And for before. anybody who hasn't seen it, it's on Netflix. It's, it's about a, uh, a writer, uh, a playwright, who's about to um, reach her 40th birthday, and she's torn between uh, her play and getting it produced, but getting it kind of gentrified by wh- uh, white... Uh, Asshole producer, producer yeah, wonderfully yeah. played by Reed Bernie. Right. And then uh, going into rap. And it's so fresh, and it's so funny. And if this comes out of theater, I want to see it again just for the black and white photography. Another love letter to New York. Exactly. <laughs> My goodness. And, and the, her, her interactions with her students. Oh, and just the whole yeah. It's, it's just, it made me feel so good watching it. I mean, how you know, at our stage of the game, having seen hundreds, if not more, films, to have something, you know, to see something where you say, like, wow, I've never seen anything like right. that before. Yeah. That's pretty That's pretty much, an, yes. that should definitely have gotten a screenplay nomination. And then, I guess this is my favorite film of the year, and this might, you know, be controversial. Palm Springs. Yes, I'm not my favorite, but... Directed yes, by Max Barbaco, who I've never heard of, and this is his first uh, feature film, written by Andy Ciara, first feature film, starring Andy Sandberg and Kristen... Milioti. Uh, who I'm not familiar with. I would totally... I'd, I've never seen her before either. She's been on stuff, but I yeah. would have totally nominated her for supporting. She was she, Oh, lovely, no, I thought she was the leading. Lovely. Leading, and there's other familiar faces in the film... Peter Gallagher, J.K. Simmons, June Squibb. Right, J.K. Simmons is great. Oh, my God. And I almost don't want to say what this movie is about other than two people meet at a wedding. That's all I will all say. All we're going to say. And um, it's just, I, I really can't wait to see this guy's next movie. I, uh, it is so fresh, and it's funny, but it's got serious... Right, without hitting you over the head. Without hitting you over the head. And, and I, I love this movie. Oddly enough, it was nominated for Golden Globe huh. for Best uh, Comedy or Musical. Granted, there weren't much to nominate this year. Right. But and so did, and Andy Samberg, who I've never been a huge fan of, now I am. Well, I am a huge fan of Sam from the SNL Lonely Island days through Brooklyn Nine Nine, which which never, I haven't watched. Never, I never don't laugh at Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, I gotta start I think, watching. He's I lovely. Think in the this. code for this year's Oscars code word was bleak. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't argue. I'm going to throw one comedy in that I am completely surprised. To be mentioning, I was when we did our episode on uh, uh, the sort of death of live action comedy in the 2000 teens. Mm. Uh, we talked about Trainwreck as one uh, one exception, and that was and that was uh, you know Judd Apatow basically having Amy Schumer be Amy Schumer. So five years later, he does the same thing with Pete Davidson, and mm. I um, maybe it's because but. 
Michael, these are my people. I know they're your people. Born in Brooklyn and raised in Staten Island, and I can tell you that the rhythms of the... Uh, I, and I don't like Pete Davidson. I'm not a Pete Davidson fan. I like him sometimes on SNL. He doesn't mean Cuomo. Yes, it's really. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. I I, I, could, I couldn't get through that movie. I I just lo- I, I tried Steve Buscemi and man, I know those guys. They got those guys. And basically, Pete Davidson, as Amy Schumer did in her film, he basically plays himself because his father died in nine eleven, right. and it's about uh, and the fireman. I I didn't find it a particularly I thought funny. Nurse movie. Tomei was great. They were good, like, but I just didn't find it funny. I even thought Bill Barr was great, and I can't stand him. Usually, you played. Oh Barr. yeah, well, I, I, I that was the one SNL. Uh, yeah, this that year. was a that terrible really, SNL. That really offended me. Terrible SNL, but I was not. A, I tried, I, Josh. I I, 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 come back into it sometimes when it's on HBO, and I still laugh. Maybe it's just because it's so personal. It's like, no, Steve, it's on HBO. Steve Buscemi is wonderful. He plays sort of the uh, the leader of the. He's the, always the, wonderful. I've never seen him give a bad before. Yeah, he's. He's, and he can play both a nice guy and a bad guy. And uh, I, so I. Stra- and he's a fireman. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I really recommend that. I also, for me though, aside from Delroy Lindo, the other big best actor performance, my second favorite performance of the year behind Delroy Lindo, was uh, was in the Mauritanian. I mean, everyone. Jodie Foster won I the Globe. Haven't seen it. But the guy who plays the prisoner, Tahar Rahim, is. Brilliant. How's the movie? Because I heard not, not good very things. good. Yeah. But it's worth seeing just for him. Okay. Uh, he it was because the range that he go, you know he goes from being very happy and living with his family in uh, in Tunisia in Algeria rather, and then you know he's taken and he's you know locked away in Guantanamo with no and it's how he sort of survives it. And Jodie Fo- you know Jodie Foster's great. She's she always is, but she's kind of like she was an inside man. I like she's her kind inside of, man. Yeah, but a little what's she doing in this movie kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I'm glad we got to see her in her jammies, though, at the Globe. So yeah. that's totally <laughs> she was the most surprised person of the night. I know. Which, the, that she, uh, but I'm so I think glad, that's, I'm so, I think that's actually really her. The yeah. Way, yeah. Uh, you know? I'm so glad you like Palm Springs. I, I love thought it. I was the only one. No, it's and wonderful. it's on Hulu. Um, for anybody who gets Hulu, and it's worth getting Hulu even for a month just to see Palm Springs and Mrs. America. Yeah, you can get a trial and then just cancel it. It's, 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 it's I like Hulu, actually. I, I get it cheap for $6 with the commercials. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, no, me too. I, I also, th- if you're talking about original screenplays, you know, a year where there's a Charlie Kaufman script out that doesn't oh, get nominated, I really liked I'm Thinking of Anything. I'm still... Uh, the last 30 minutes, I couldn't get through the last 30 minutes. When they started, when that one character started quoting Pauline Kael's review of a woman under the influence <laughs> as a part of the dialogue, and the fact that I could remember that review. That's so Charlie Kaufman. It was like, what the fuck is all I could say? I was just, I I, I, I will try to get to the end I of it. I always thought that was a rather un- overrated movie, A Woman Under the Influence. Oh, it is? Yeah. It is an, uh, good performance. I, although I want to oh, see yes. it again, because yeah. I do. Uh, She's great. I love her. Yeah. But um, I just remember that review, and and and, and Pauline Kael hated uh, Woman Under the but Influence. But it's so interesting. But I remembered how it was written, and it kind of came like it came out of nowhere. It really did. <laughs> and I and that's when I kind of turned it off. Like 
I've had it with this movie. <laughs> it's so Cal- well. The thing is that when Kaufman was reined in by Spike Jones and Michelle Gondry, it worked. Yeah, but Synecdoche and Anomalisa, oh, less so. I like Anomalisa, and I liked Synecdoche. I admired it. I just didn't uh, know what was happening. Yeah, that, that one I have to probably give another. Me shot. too. That's one of those movies where I felt like, wow, there's really something going on. And here, I love and I'm Philip Seymour Hoffman. But, uh, and this too, but this just kind of got a little bit out of control. But it's certainly original. Oh yeah, it's a better screenplay than Promising Young Woman. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and that's and that actually was my biggest peeve of the night was that because that one best screenplay over what what was else nominated though? Well, I guess uh, Minari is an original. Yeah, Minari is. I mean, as I said, it's a beautiful film that will last. But, but we've I know, seen that I story know what before. you mean. Yeah, the story is. It's sort of the story is a little bit sort of. Reminds me a little bit of maybe some Italian realism, neorealism. Movies. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I know what you in mean. In a more rural kind of setting. Yeah, though. yeah. But I, you know, I've always been drawn to sort of that the family dynamics. Wonderful. Of, I really, really like that a lot. Yeah, no. And I, because I, so many different family relationships going on in that movie. I, I don't think there was one that wasn't covered. <laughs> I want to get back to a movie that we just lightly passed over, although we all love it. And that's another round. Yes. Boy. Yeah. Uh, it's Good advertisement on, for the teaching profession. Well, <laughs> this is about... The drunk teacher profession. This is about four <laughs> high school teachers in... Um, what was the town? I forget the town's name. I don't name. remember. Someplace uh, in Denmark. Who decide to try an experiment. They're, they're all having uh, midlife crises, and they try an experiment. I don't even want to say what the experiment was. But uh, you can get it, once again, on Hulu. And... Uh, it's definitely uh, worth uh, worth your while. And Matt Mickelson. Why? When oh, is he finally wow. going to get some recognition? He was so good in that. Yeah. He, everybody was good. Everybody was everybody. good. But he really, yeah, because he was the lead. But yeah. I mean, he's one one of the great Bond villains of all time. Yep. He is uh, the TV series Hannibal was not, not was not great, but he was amazing. There's mm. nothing he can't do. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 an he amazing. Started out as a dancer. Really? Yeah, that I didn't. So know. did yeah. I. But you're going to hear me bragging about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you tap dance in class sometimes? Only if I get some money on the table. That's that's my my agent insists. The look I'm giving Josh now is priceless. Hey, don't step on my creativity, man. I'm going to throw one more comedy in there just very briefly, just because... Well, I wouldn't really call another round of comedy. No. It's, there's a lot of humor in it, but it's I, a drama. I, I don't it's think I would call it a comedy. It's a drama, but it's, it's, it's so... But there's so many... One, I love, absolutely love that scene with the soccer game. Yes. And that, that little boy, Specs. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a wonderful film. Wonderful and, uh, film. I hope... People uh, go see it. One of the other foreign films. Uh, did you guys see Better Days? Oh yeah, I, I did not. Did, did you like it? Yes, I did. I, I I did. I liked it a lot, and I think. But boy, is it intense. I didn't like the editing. I, boy, is it intense. The editing was driving it's, me. It's about nuts. About um, uh, a woman who's a young woman in high school. It's, she's in twelfth grade. It takes place. It's I guess it's Hong Kong. It's mm-hmm. not really clear. It's very intense getting pre- uh, prepared for the college entrance exams. But uh, the major theme of the movie is that she's being bullied, and it just it, the bullying is vicious. And she uh, meets this guy just by happenstance, who's sort of a, I guess a petty criminal is the best way to simply describe him, who offers to protect her. And the movie goes, goes from, from there. there. Interesting. Yeah. 
But it's I, it's intense. I just didn't care for the editing. The editing was like giving me a headache. It's like it's like Baz Luhrmann no, editing. No, a lot. No, well, no, to a degree, no, yeah. No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't I, like quite like that. No, it no. wasn't as bad. And I'm usually very critical of that kind of thing. Though. <laughs> um, another, but there is a French film that was not nominated that didn't get a lot of notice. The truth. The I truth. really liked that a lot. Yeah. And it's directed by a Japanese director. Right. A Japanese huh. director. Hirokatsu Karita, who oh, directed Shoplifters, you, right, which I absolutely yeah. love. But boy, is he a good director. He just always seems to know where to put the camera. Yeah, and, and it's, it's really not, good performances yeah. by uh, Catherine Deneuve right, and right, Juliette right. Binoche and Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Guy. Yes, and Catherine Deneuve kind of plays herself. She plays an aging French star who has published a memoir called The Truth. And her daughter, Juliette Binoche, is a writer who's now living in the United States with her actor husband, Ethan Hawke, comes to visit. And they start to sort of, you know, talk about their relationship. I have to say that I saw all five foreign language films, mm. and they were all very worthy. Mm. Um, Cravatas Adia is very moving about a translator, a UN translator in Bosnia, in right. Bosnia very very moving film. The Man Who Sold His Skin. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. <coughs> it's a Tunisian. Yeah. It was at the theaters, I think... <coughs> excuse me, I think it's now on Hulu. It was on. It was It was actually in the theater nearby, very, very short, yeah. just for like a few days, I think. That was the first movie I saw in a, at a theater, and I liked that a lot. Very, very different. And then Collective, which was also... which was a foreign language film... And a documentary. They were like a double nominee. And that was about uh, an investigation of uh, the Romanian health service. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. Mm. And far more interesting than the octopus, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I, I, don't get the, I don't get that one. Uh, I, uh, one of the best picture nominees we didn't talk about at all. What do you guys think of the trial of Chicago 7? Not a lot. Yeah. Sorkin is... Not is, a good director. He, no, and I think he overwrites. He's he's like Chayefsky yeah. does sometimes. Yeah, I mean, he's, I, I'm, people making I'm, he's not as good as Chayefsky. I'm glad I saw it. I, I enjoyed it while I was watching it because of what it's about. It's generally well acted. Uh, and he kind of sticks to the truth most of the time, and then he gets to that ending. Well, he sticks in a few things. He sticks I, I, in a few things, I know. They, uh, um, like, for example, the FBI agent was made up. Was, it was made it up. Was a, it was a, the FBI the, agent was, that was trailing uh, the woman was, was, yeah. She's, she's totally fixed. Fictionate. And for some bizarre reason, the uh, draft, he makes the draft lottery in 1969, which didn't happen until yeah. 1970. Yeah. And they had, um, uh, what's his Tom name? Hayden Tom Hayden right. saying, oh, I, did, I just had a... Because he had a college deferment. <laughs> and that's an interesting aspect. Yes, of, it's a major of, aspect. And why... Not trivial. Either Sorkin ignored it or he didn't know. I, I can't say for mm-hmm. sure. That being said, in another year, Sasha Baron Cohen might have won for Abby, Abby Hoffman. I thought he was He was very, very was good. Really good. Everyone was, in the film was good. Eddie Redmayne uh, was Mark good. Mark Rydell yeah. was good. Yep. Ed Franklin Jella as the uh, Judge Julius Hoffman. Yep. yep. Was good, but as a director, 
he should stick to writing because I didn't think much of uh, Molly's Game either. Ooh, yeah. And uh, I was looking at the movies that he did that I did like. Moneyball, directed by Bennett Miller. Miller. Steve Jobs, directed by Danny Boyle. And The Social Network, directed Directed by by David Fincher. Fincher. He should not direct. Right. Again, it's like Kaufman. Some people are just writers. And and shouldn't necessarily... Not everyone's Billy Wilder. And also also some of the scenes in the courtroom almost came off like Saturday Night Live. It just kind of came off a little cartoony. Mm. I thought, and uh, that Although was the it is, direction. It is true, though. You would think the part they did make up is true. Oh, and yeah. that's the thing of Bobby Seale. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, I but remember that. Bound to the yes. chair. And yes. Yeah, that, that is true. Part. But and even and you had that rah rah ending, but that was made up. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, and and I think. And also, I didn't like the choice of music. I don't, I, mean, really uh, I don't remember. Didn't even make an impression. Yeah, well, there was some good music in the late '60s, if I recall. So, uh, so yeah, I'm told. I think, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I think there I was. wasn't there, but uh, and I thought he could have done much better. Malcolm X thought so in One Night in Miami. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I, I, I was not, I was not so sad that Regina King didn't get nominated because it's basically a film play. Well, yeah, yeah, kind and, of, and kind George, George Wolfe didn't get nominated for uh, Ma Rainey. Uh, okay, it was stagey. I yeah, it was. I preferred One Night in Miami to I Ma Rainey. I, I think I, I, I saw the play Ma Rainey, which is frankly very different from the film. Agreed. Uh, in the film, in the play, Ma Rainey doesn't show up until an hour into it. And, ah, uh-huh. that's right. And I, it's also, I wasn't eager to see it. It's my least favorite of the August Wilson plays. And I've seen them all. You saw all ten. I saw all ten. Well, they're making all ten into movies. And compare Ma Rainey to Fences to what Denzel did with Fences a couple of well, years ago. Well, Fences I thought was better. Yes. I I thought with Fences, although you could see the stretch marks, and I had a real problem with his performance, Denzel. She was great. Though. She was great. Denzel. I'm well, you sorry. Thought, you thought he wasn't exactly right for that part. Yeah. I thought yeah. his teeth were too white and too capped and too... He looked too healthy. James Earl Jones oh my, gave one of the greatest performances yeah, yeah. of the he 20th was, century in that, in that play. I teach that with Death of a Salesman. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, pa- a, that's a great tale. Paternal Expectations. Yeah. Yes. That is, that's yeah, great. That's a, good, that's a really good um, pair. But they're going to do all ten of the work. Well, I'm, I'm ex- students there for that class. <laughs> I'm excited that they are doing uh, yes. the, the other ones um, because they, they all should be seen. I didn't like some of the editing. Of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I thought once again he was going. My problem with it was that it just it kept going around in circles. Mm -hmm. She would, you know, she would come out and they would start to do it, and she'd have a complaint and it'd stop again, and then you'd go Mm -hmm. back to like the same point again. They go back and everything, and she had some other little complaint and they'd start again. It just kept going around and around and around or whatever. It's just you know, and it was. Very well acted. Yeah, I went everybody, in, everybody in it was really good. I went into that thinking, oh, how could good could uh, Chasman Bosworth be? Because I, I think that people just feel sorry because he died, and you know, I was kind he's of never given a, he's grumbling the bad performance. Well, he hasn't, and but he really knocked it out of the no, park. And, and playing, this. you know, James Brown, and then yeah. Jackie Robinson, and then Thurgood Marshall. I know, I mean, you know, I know, I know, I know. And, and, and I just wish the movies Brown had been performances. Better. Is and then T'Challa. I mean, yeah, yeah. they're all good. Yeah, you no, know, it's a great loss. He even has a little part in uh, Ivan Reitman's crappy uh, draft day film with Kevin Costner. He's uh, he's in yes, that. that's he, right. And he's lovely in yeah. that. He's the yeah. kid they pick first. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 so I've got to mention. I think the Jets got a new quarterback. Don't one. start. <laughs> 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 
back for like one hour and a half. We're already testing the friendship here. <laughs> uh, listen, it hey, listen, my Giants team has had a terrible offensive oh. line for about 10 years. Oh, John, you only have four Super Bowls since 86. Let me, how many do I have since then? Huh. Well, I'm a Vikings fan, so I'm the uh, ultimate zero, loser. Brother. You've got zero. At least you've been there a couple of times. Mm. But... Four. Uh, four times. And lost all four. But I, I have... The Glenn Close of football. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Peter. There it is. And there you have it. Um, I have to mention a couple of other films that I, you know, I, I, I grew up loving the Bill and... Not grew up, but when I was in my teens, early 20s, I loved the Bill and Ted films, and they did the last one this year. Mm-hmm. And it was very unexpectedly lovely. Was it? And sweet. I yeah, only very, saw the first one. I was not a big fan. Very, 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 very nicely. <laughs> done and I and we haven't even mentioned uh, the second Borat film which would seem oh, to me yeah. she's great and she, is. she deserved the nomination she did I agree with that I uh, did not care for Rudy Giuliani in it <laughs> <laughs> it was his big opening yeah uh I I liked certain parts of it. Certain parts, I, I just kept thinking, why are these people allowing themselves to be filmed? Yeah. I, I, and, I, well, well, the other thing, too, is at this point, how can anybody be hoodwinked by that? Right. Oh, you had the, the cat's out of the bag. That's the brilliance of it. And so he acknowledges, so he's playing a character, uh, playing in a disguise in a disguise. And I think he actually manages to play. It's not as good as the first no. one, but it's... I love the guy with the fax machine. <laughs> I thought he was wonderful. He should have been nominated. Lovely. Um, and a couple of genre films. Um, uh, the va- Did you guys see The Vast Night? No. The Vast Night is this lovely little sci-fi film about... It's very War of the Worlds. It takes place in New Mexico, and it's this young couple, and they run the radio station for the high school, and something is out there. And they, you know, they hear us, they, and they go and... Best. It's lovely. It's a, like a really good Twilight Zone episode, or, um, you know, I recommend that. And also, um, Gina Prince-Blythewood, African-American director, did a film called The Old Guard, which is an action film with Charlize Theron. Which was also oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know, that you know, I mean, she's not Furiosa in, in Mad Max. She'll, that that will is and always will be the greatest female character in an action film ever. But really, really, you know, for an action film, you go in with those expectations, and it's uh, it's smart and good. I'd like to uh, unload on a, a few of the worst films of the year besides Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> it was a good book. I read the book. Yeah. No. Anyway, uh, and two of them have one of my favorite actresses, Meryl Streep. The Prom, which was a lovely, lovely musical on Oh, yeah, Broadway. I heard they butchered it. They, um, uh, what's his name from Netflix? I can't think of his name. Ryan Murphy directed it. Yeah. And he just, he made a mess of it. Streep, I, I, I do consider this one of her worst performances. Oof. She is so miscast. And she's indicating all over the place and trying for laughs and not getting them. It's a it's a movie that I think Patty, a role that Patty Lapone could have done in her sleep. <laughs> and um, um, poor um, James Cordron, who I like a lot and is a good actor. Want I've to talked tell me? to I've talked to people who have said, "Oh, he can't act at all." No, he can't act. He was miscast in this. That that role should have been played by someone much older. It's about a person whose life has, an actor whose life has passed him by. 
James Codron is like what 34, 35. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I attempted to watch it because, partly because too of everything that's happened this past year. I mean, I wanted to see something fun. And yeah. I remember when it first appeared, I think I got maybe ten minutes into it, and it's like this is awful. It re- it's not funny, and it had that attitude of like, isn't this funny? I, which I, drives me ooh, crazy, and I just the I, play I, I turned it off. The play didn't. I saw the play twice, and I, I loved the play. Uh, not that it's the I greatest. I watched musical. the Hitchcock, Hitchcock movie that night. Oh well, <laughs> like I mean, I can't lose. I'd rather watch Torn Curtain than <laughs> watch that again. That's how much I hated Statement. the prom. Uh, and with one exception, Nicole Kidman was cast right, and she's wonderful in it. Um, but that's that's it. Then the other uh, Nicole Kidman. I mean, a Meryl Streep movie that I disliked intensely was Steven Soderbergh's Let Them All Talk. Which I did not see. It's on HBO Max. It's a largely improvised movie about three old college friends who take a voyage together. And it's shot on the Queen Mary. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And all I can say about this film is it is so dull. That and I'm not a fan of the Poseidon Adventure, but I kept hoping that the ship would capsize. <laughs> There's got to be a morning after, guys. <laughs> it, it, it was. They don't uh, make them like that anymore. And Jim. I don't now. There are, <laughs> Let's be glad they don't. <laughs> there are a lot of critics who like this movie, so maybe you shouldn't listen to me. Uh, Candace Bergen is quite quite good. Um, she plays the most interesting character of of the three. But it's well, Candace Bergen's a cool lady. Yeah, but, but she doesn't play a cool lady in this. She plays a rather embittered woman. Oh, okay. Um, but she's worth uh, watching. But the movie itself, and I like Soderbergh. Me too. And uh, this was a really uh, major disappointment. And I, I just kept watching, thinking it's got to get better. It's got to get better, and it doesn't. He mm. must have been busy still thinking about the Oscars. What he, how he's going to make that into a dreary show? Oh well, this is a dreary movie, and you know, I mean, I love the Ocean's movie. They're so much better than the original. Oh, well. and um, <laughs> yeah. But then the worst movie, and I don't even have the director's name, is the latest version of Blythe Spirit. What? Oh. Oh, no, it's bad? Oh, yeah. I have a very personal connection to that film. My favorite musician in the world, my favorite singer is Thea Gilmore, and she she did some of the music for it. Well, I don't remember hating the music. I just remember hating the film, and I am the biggest... um, no coward fan in the world. I, I love, you know, a play opens up anywhere of uh, no coward. This is the one with Judy Dench. Judy Dench, who is not good. I know she's legally blind and can't read scripts. Judy Dench but is not good in it? She's a national no, treasure. She's not good in it. <laughs> and uh, what's his name from Downton Abbey? She's also a shoplifter. <laughs> exactly. What's his name from Downton Abbey is not good in it. Um, uh, the one who quit. Can't think of his name. Okay, yeah. that's the fact checker. We, we, as we said, don't bring up actors who can't you can't remember. I their name. know, but I don't want to remember his name. We'll lose it in editing. Don't oh, worry. Oh, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. Yeah. Dan Stevens yeah, is well, in it. Uh, he's not that good an actor. He really isn't. Uh, when he left uh, Downton Abbey, I wasn't weeping. And then um, <laughs> Ilsa, 
<laughs> Sentimental, are you? Mm, yes and no. Oh, he got he got killed. That's nice. Whatever. Move He's on. The butler. He, he wanted Michael. to leave the show, so they killed him off. They it was killed like him classic off. Classic soap opera. Kind I know. Of thing. I know. And it's probably his worst move because knows where all the bodies are buried. Yes. <laughs> I had the misfortune of seeing him on stage in and the heiress. Paul was the director. Yeah, well, he's shame on him because oh, it's see. go go see it, but it's not like it's, I'm going to see it just to support Thea. Okay, um, you know her personally? No, oh. I just adore her. She is. I would add it was before the pandemic. I actually had tickets. She will never. She's a folk singer um, uh, who will never leave England. Last time she left England was 30 years ago, and so I was actually going to fly over for a weekend in London and go see her play. Um, but uh, COVID yeah. reared its ugly head, so that's not happening. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see what you think of it. I'm not. Well, listen, I was going to ask you guys what you think the worst Best Picture winner, and Cavalcade, you know, sorry to know old coward, but Cavalcade <laughs> may be even worse than Green Book. I've never driving. seen Cavalcade. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's no, I, to yeah. me, the worst will always be Cal- Cavalcade is the one that's sort of like a series of yeah. stories. Yeah. 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 No, for me, the it's worst. Like, uh, it's like very creaky. The worst best picture will always be uh, The Greatest Show on Earth. Yeah, I can't argue with that. It's pretty bad. Broadway Melody of 1929. I don't know if you guys... Although there's some good music in there that shows up again in the MGM musicals in the 50s, like Mm. Singing in the Rain. But it's unwatchable. And Crash... Yes, agreed. Crash is always offensive beyond belief. Yeah, Crash. That was that was oh. a, that was an odd choice that year. Yeah, well, that's because the other four films were good. Right, yeah. broke back. Broke yeah. back. Good night uh, and good luck. Good night and good luck. Yeah. Uh, Capote. And uh, what was Michael the knows this off the top of his yeah, head, guys. He's seriously any one, of, the, any one of those would have been a much better choice. But we did. Oh, uh, Munich was right. the other one. If yeah, only we'd I, done a whole episode on alternate Oscars for the two. Oh wait, we did. We did. Look we at that did. one up. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I think part of the reason one is because it took place in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, and let's face it, the film business is rather narcissistic. Even Paul Figgis, who directed it, was kind of shocked yes. <laughs> that it won. It was yeah, like, really? Oh, really? And I, 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 Brokeback Mountain was the favorite. It would won all the awards. And producers, directors, writers guild. And um, uh, I, I think it was an anti-gay thing because I saw two actors interviewed who bragged about the fact that they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't see it. No, they wouldn't see it. Ernest Borgnine and Tony Curtis. Yep. And the latter should have known oh, better. Um, I, so just to, to sum up with, with the good and the bad, looking ahead, you know, I have to, just as a last thing for the Oscars compare, we saw two trailers, one for In the Heights, which I can barely contain my excitement about seeing that. Yeah, because it looks it really good. looks like it's made by a film director. Yeah. Uh, and... Miranda has kind of pulled himself back. He's yep. too old to play the main oh, character. Yeah. He's yeah. just the Piraguas guy, yeah. and he's. I wasn't crazy about the play, but I hear they've made some they've tweaks. They've made some updates. Yeah. And contrast that with the preview for West Side Story. See, I'm I'm anxious for oh, it. I don't think it yeah, I was when I saw it. I was like, "This is a Spielberg movie." Oh my god! Well, it, 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 wrong it person. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm. That's what I'm but I, I'm too. I'm one of the few who doesn't like the original and, movie. Uh, well, the first thing I was stuck was by the color in the movie, and it's like uh, once again you're showing that you don't really know how to use color. Every, right. You've and got you've got like that kind nice of washed job. out yep. black black and 
like with color. It's just I don't know. Who's but, he? He's not making it for the kids. Kids aren't going to go see it, and the people who love the original are going to stand by the original. It's not. It's it looks like a disaster. Well, I, mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I hope you are too, because yeah. well, yeah, because it's well, because it's the original source is so great. Yeah, and uh, the funny thing is the uh, creative people behind West Side Story, apart from Jerome Robbins, uh, Leonard Bernstein, Arthur Lawrence, Stephen Sondheim, they all hate the movie. Except it was the first time they were able to make money because the original production was a bust. It did not make money. Everybody thinks this was this West Side Story was this big hit. It wasn't. Oh, no. It lost uh, lost, uh, the Tony to uh, the Music Man man and it only ran a year and a half. (laughs) I know. But it was not. It the was capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for puke. <laughs> Very good. See, I just did that off the top of my head. Yes, no, and the thing, we're the improvising. Thing, the thing that, I mean, as far as the original movie, West Side Story, the thing that always brings me back to it is that music. The music yeah. is great. The music it's, is great. Especially, think, uh, especially the opening. The, the you know, choreography you know, in the beginning oh, is brilliant. Oh, yeah. It's God, that, that, whole, first, uh, that first 10 to 15 minutes is really, is really superb. And then you start to get the scene where they have to act. And, and the performances are not good in it except yeah. for Marino. Right. And everybody's dubbed, including part of Marino. So Yeah, yeah which is... It was really yeah. odd. Yeah, yeah. The Marnie, Marnie Nixon, Nixon. Uh, wrote in her book that she, there were days she was uh, dubbing for Natalie Wood, and there were days she was dubbing and for Marnie Marino. Nixon really wasn't the right no, voice for no. that. No, she wasn't. No. Um, no, and I, 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 at least I think in the West Side Story, they're actually hiring Puerto Ricans, which is refreshing. Lovely. And uh, they're hiring people who can sing. Imagine. So I'm, we'll I'm looking forward to we'll it. See. So look and Tony Kushner did the screenplay, and I'm a big fan of Tony right. Kushner. No, and, so, and that's looking ahead. But looking back, you know, I think we're all in agreement that both Nomadland and Minari will have legs, as it were, that those are films yeah. that will be watched. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. If we're still doing this uh, podcast in 2030. I doubt, though, for me anyway, very much, is any of these movies are going to make my, like, ten best. Or, of the, de- of the, of the decade. decade. I, Maybe I, no Madeline. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. I mean, none of these movies I liked as much as uh, Parasite or The Irishman or even Pain and Glory, which did yeah. make my list. You know? I, I just... That, some of them are good, some of them not good. But except for another round, I haven't been encouraging any of my non-movie-going friends to rush to see them because... Well, so many of them are downers. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Which is kind of interesting because, I mean, when these movies were made, it was not during the pandemic. No. So what's going to come out in this coming year? <laughs> well, I, I I do have. Uh, once we are, are we done with the Oscars? Well, yeah, and I, I just wanted well, I, 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 let me just because I looked up Edward Hall since you have wanted to really like pound on that movie of Blythe Spirit. He's with an English theater director. It says and film director, but um, he founded an all male Shakespearean company called the Propeller Shakespeare Company. <laughs> Oh, I know Cheek by Jowls and all. I've seen some of their stuff. They're brilliant. I saw their As You Like It here, which was amazing. So, so there you go. Well, the film is a disaster. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I think it got seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. <laughs> Something like that. So, I just wanted to mention that we we have another cause to celebrate, and that is, uh, I know my favorite. And I think among your favorite film writers, David Thompson has a new book out. Oh, yep. No, called, I did not know uh, this. Called The Light in the Dark. It's his history of directors. 
and it's case studies of several of his favorites, but it also sort of talks about the process of directing. And it's a really, it's not an original thesis, but he plays it out. He said that the, the, that the new auteurs are the showrunners. That the most important voices mm. that are heard yeah. are like Vince Gilligan with Breaking Bad and, and Better Call Saul, or Matthew Weiner with uh, with uh, Mad Men, mm-hmm. or and I thought that's a really because you can't name who directs any of those episodes, no. and it's so it's interesting to keep an eye out as the years go on now, and streaming becomes so much more popular. That, well, that, that I the, mean, streaming already is more popular than going to the movies, yep. and we're all into like watching certain series on Netflix or Amazon or, you know, HBO, whatever it is. And most of the movies we get are Marvel Comic Universe movies. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, I, because I, they make money. I actually, and they make a lot of money in Europe. Right. I actually and, went to see a movie last week at the theater. Well, I've gone to a couple. I've gone to a couple at the film forum. I went to see Almodovar's uh, The Human Voice, which was shortlisted uh, for, uh, you know, based on the Cocteau play, which was quite, quite good with Tilda Swinton, his first English language, but it's only, you know, 29 minutes. And they showed it with a woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown, which I've seen a hundred times, and I can see it 101. You bet. That was uh, no problem. But last Sunday, I went to the AMC on 42nd Street and saw... Nice comedy called Together Together hmm. with uh, Patty Harrison, who I was not familiar with. Don't know. And Ed Helms, oh. who I was. Oh, and I it's a story about a divorced uh, man in his 40s who uh, is having a surrogate child with this woman he hires and their relationship in the nine months. And it's it's not exactly a rom-com, but it was very um, cleverly written. Uh, Nicole Beckwith is the writer-director, and if anybody is brave enough to go into the theater, which I am, go see this film. Well, I've got, I've got, go ahead. And Josh, since you're talking about books, I want to mention a book that I just finished. Biography, uh, I know you're not crazy about him, but uh, anybody interested in film and or theater should read this book. Mike Nichols, A Life. I heard that was great. By Mark Harris, it's great. Mark Harris is an amazing He really is. He's he's good. uh, Two of my favorite film books, uh, Pictures at a Revolution, Five Movies and the Birth of Hollywood, and Five Came Back, back, a story of Hollywood and the Second World War, which can be seen in a uh, TV version on on Netflix. On Netflix, which is excellent, although... I mean, it has some graphic footage in it. But uh, Harris, who is the husband of um, Tony Kushner, right. had inside, of course, uh, Nichols directed the wonderful uh, Angels in America. And he, he's not, it's not a flowery thing on Nichols. Nichols had definitely some oh, low sorry. life. Oh, yeah. Not only uh, uh, creative in his creative life, but in his personal life. I mean, I was always led to understand he was a pretty horrible person. No, he... No, I, I, he doesn't come out horrible in this book, but there are people who... There were people who wouldn't talk to him, like Frances McDormand. He get, The only bad performance I've ever seen her give <laughs> was on stage in The Country Girl. And apparently, according to the book, he didn't really direct her. He just, it was Morgan Freeman and her and uh, Peter Gallagher. And when I saw the play and this, John and I were in a production of The Country Girl. It was my first New York play. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Ours was better. Oh, boy. (laughs) Because it looked like a table read. It looked like they had just met. Apparently, Morgan Freeman was having line problems. It's kind of an odd cast. It was an odd cast. And it was done... uh, 
I think this was one of um, uh, the producer who's in trouble now, and deservedly so. Scott Rudin. This is one of Scott Rudin's brainchilds. But it, it, the book is definitely, definitely worth reading. It goes uh, from uh, his days in Berlin to his wonderful uh, days with uh, Elaine, Elaine May. May. And Elaine May does talk to him, and a lot of people did talk to him. And uh, it, it's it's definitely worth All reading. Right, yeah. Anything, Mark Harris is worth He's now on the... He put something out, we read it. Yeah, first. yeah, and this yeah. is only his third book. Yeah. So, um, and the one about 1967 is, is one oh, of the best. Oh, it is great. Yeah, that, I is, love, yeah. that is excellent. I love that book. So. You know, it's really interesting. That one of the most entertaining parts of that book is the one of the section about the worst movie, Dr. Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> I had no idea Rex Harrison was such a horror. If I could walk with the animals. Oh, my God. <laughs> I could talk to the animals. Oh, my God. Rex Harrison and Rachel Roberts, the true couple from hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> so um, I didn't want to do a, uh, you know, this is too much of a celebration for us to be back in the same room for the first time in 14 but, months. But, oh. Uh, I want to do. Because yeah. we're. There's some people who... Uh, George Siegel. Yeah. Um, very underrated actor. A very underrated Always, actor. Yeah. His Oscar nomination is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Sure. And uh, there is a George Siegel movie from the 70s, if anybody can find it. It's hilarious. It's called The Blackbird. Oh, I remember that. The Maltese Falcon it's parody. It's a, a parody of The Maltese yeah. Falcon. I can't find it anywhere. He plays Sam Spade Jr. Lee Patrick comes out of retirement to play Effie, and she's now the secretary from hell. Mm-hmm. Great movie. <laughs> Jessica Walter, who was inexplicably left off of the uh, yeah. memoriam. That's right. Her films included Lilith, Grand, the group Grand Prix, Bye Bye Breverman with George Siegel, and most noticed, famously, Play Misty for Me. God, amazing. And in the case of Walter, she stopped really making leading role movies, and I think she suffered from the Anthony Perkins. Right, typecast. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. because she's so heart- yeah. terrifying in that movie. She still continued to do a few films, but then she's best known for her late-in-life um, in the career TV uh, series, Lucille Bluth in Arrested Development, my personal yeah. favorite. She's and great. the voice and of And Mallory Archer in Archer. <laughs> and the funniest thing about that is that's the one character they draw to make look like the person yeah. who does the voice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know someone who worked with her on Broadway in um, Anything Goes about 10 years ago said she was a lovely woman. Anything but Lucille or Mallory. <laughs> Not surprising. Bernard Travier. Oh, uh, yeah, who we talked about yes. in our... Uh, yeah, yes. in episode Safe 11. Con- Safe Conduct, yes. Yeah, and uh, Safe Conduct, Round, Round Midnight. Round Midnight, yes. I, I have a personal favorite of Daddy Nostalgia, which was Dirk Bogard's last movie. That's right. Which yes. is... Uh, his late wife, ex-wife, uh, Coco or Cecile or Travigny, I forget her first name. Larry McMurtry. Yeah. Yeah. Just he won his picture. Oscar uh, for his screenplay of Brokeback Mountain with Diana Osan, based on Annie Proust's short story. And he was nominated for The Last Picture sure. Show, Absolutely. which he adapted with Peter Vigdanovich from his own novel. Helen McGorry. Her films include hair, three Harry Potter movies. She was Narcissa oh, Malfoy. She's Narcissa, yeah. yeah. She was great, and she was uh, also great as uh, Cherie Blair in The Queen. Hmm. And uh, did you ever see her when she did the bridge plays uh, that Sam Mendes brought to band? I must have, yeah, because I she saw She was Winter's Elena in, uh, in that uh, production oh, of Uncle Vanya. Oh, oh. Incredible. Died at 52 of cancer. Oh. Yeah. 
Richard Rush, who I talked about in, in the um, Stuntman. That's right. Stunt Stuntman, the uh, One Hit Wonder. Yeah. Uh, died in '93. Monty Hellman. Thank you. That was the one I was going to mention. You were, well, I actually, were, I didn't know much about Tulane Backdrop. Because I love Tulane Backdrop. Okay. And I love riding the whirlwind and I uh-huh. love the shooting. Okay. Because uh, I, I actually printed out his uh, obituary because I, I knew the name and I knew of Tulane Backdrop, but I didn't know the history of Check it. Check out Tulane Blacktop and also, it's I, I like Vanishing Point a little bit more, a 70s existential road movie subgenre. I've seen that. Vanishing Point I've seen. But I really love the two. Westerns he did, you know, he worked for Corman, so he was, you know, on the cheap, yeah. but did the shooting and ride in the world when with Nicholson in '66. Both really mm-hmm. great low budget westerns. Monty Hellman was a, that was a loss. And the last one was Anthony Powell, the costume designer. He won three Oscars wow. for Travels with My Aunt, Death on the Nile, and Tess. He's most yes. noted for his costumes of Cruella de Vil. In 101 and 102 Dalmatians. Glenn Close again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Typecasting. That's, that's, that's it. it. All right. And uh, so, so we are, I'm glad you mentioned Tavernier because we are going to revisit episode 11. Yes. Which Michael mentioned where we each brought up our Hidden Gems episode. So for May, we're going to do Hidden Gems volume two where we each talk about one film that we feel has been unjustly ignored over the years. And I'm looking forward to that one. And, uh, sort of just getting back in the normal routine. Yeah, right. I've got my date circled in red on the June 11th. That's when In the Heights opens. That's going to be my return to the movie theaters. Oh, I'm seeing well, I, that I'm, no matter, come hell or high water. I'm back already. I'm, I'm, I couldn't wait. I, I had to get out of my apartment. <laughs> so, you know, not, not to get maudlin or sentimental, but it is really good to see you guys. Yes, same so here. Yeah. Really. Yes. Yes. I, I, and we kept it going, and I, this, a lot of the episodes we did on Zoom were good, I think, but, you know, it's not. This well, is, I this think it's a testament to our passion for movies that we kept it going during these uh, very difficult times. Yes. Right. Very and, unusually difficult times. And, you know, as we always said at the beginning, in our first few episodes, we claim no expert, not filmmakers. We're, you know, we're not film critics. We're just people who inordinately love film film and we're happy to share that passion and hopefully open some doors for you our hopefully increasing audience so we uh close with the fact that uh as ever uh vintage sand is a five nines and a four production thanks to uh melissa for her tech help uh mama sue for clearing the room so i could use zoom for all those months thank you gabby for our cool ass logo remember all that we're now on spotify apple podcasts and soundcloud and uh our website is www.vintagesand.com please leave us some uh feedback and some suggestions for other episodes we always say uh you know may your favorite films always be streaming that's sort of our tagline this time i'm going to borrow fern's tagline from uh, from Nomadland, and we hope we see you guys somewhere down the road. <laughs>